2: Podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. Hogan Johns. It proved what we felt.
3: What we saw from our draft picks, and this is a credit to Ryan and our scouts, is everything that we thought we saw on tape. Mack
1: strips it! My oh my! Khalil Mack, he is unbelievable! WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson, for the fifth time in his young career, has a touchdown. With WGN's Adam Ho To infinity Brothers gotta fuck And beyond And from the athletic, Adam Johns Hakuna
4: Matata Cake Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns A little Disney flavor Disney World, Disney this, this flavor, absolutely What's your favorite Disney movie? Lion King As a kid? Lion I cannot King? wait for the new Lion King to come out. I'm pretty sure it's the same as the old Lion King. Yeah, but it looks awesome. But with but with uh, a lot of CGI. It's.
1: Gonna... I'm a Peter Pan guy. Peter Pan. So we got Joe. We got Luigi and Peter Pan. Odd, odd choices, man. Odd. Odd. Why is Peter Pan an odd choice? It's odd as like the.
4: Of all the Disney movies? Yes. You go Peter Pan. When I was a kid, yes.
1: All right. Lost Boys were cool. Have you seen Hook? Yes. That movie actually kind of creeped me out when I was a kid. Hook's a little scary. You do realize Mustafa dies
4: in Lion King, right?
1: Mufasa. Mufasa. Let's get the most iconic Disney dad of all time. It's not the most iconic <laughs> Disney dad of all time. Let's get his name right. Uh, welcome in. Hogan Johns. Uh, new open from our guy, Ernie. We appreciate that, as always. And, uh, we man, we got a kicking competition to break down.
3: M- uh, Mustafa. Mufasa. It's Mufasa? Yeah. Mustafa. Who's Mustafa? I don't know. It sounds like a bad guy. Mufasa was a good guy. Mustafa sounds like a bad guy. Yeah. Just Mufasa. in in the naming,
4: like Mustafa's Mufasa's father. Why is he Mufasa, and the other guy is Scar? Because well, he's a bad guy. But his father set him up for that.
1: I don't know. I'll call you Scar. he Has a think about that. It's a bad, Dad. It's a bad, Grandpa. Yeah, who maybe Mustafa or whatever you call them. Mustafa is Mufasa's dad. Okay. I didn't think it would get much dumber than the kicking competition breakdown, but we just managed to do it. <laughs> Start the podcast. <laughs> we'll get to all of it. Uh, welcome in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read us at com slash Bears and The Athletic. Subscribe to The Athletic. I don't, I don't think Welcome Adam is active anymore. You are no longer welcome. So just find a story. Click the story. Yeah. Subscribe to this story. Thank you. Uh, Our producer is Joe Romano. He's in the house. Let's go, baby.
3: Culture. History. Spaghetti. These are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours. For two generations, my family has provided high-quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world, but mostly Long Island and Jersey. Pazan. Pazan. That's did, great. Did you see that over the weekend? I did, yeah. I got a few texts about it, and then uh, we talked about <laughs> it on the show, actually. Yeah, it's awesome. Dude, the Adam Sandler episode was outstanding. Yeah, it's the first time I, re- I recorded uh, SNL in a couple years at least. I mean, okay. Adam Sandler's one of those, you know, I-, I grew up with Adam Sandler movies and SNL. Like, he's just, he's the man. I really enjoyed the Sandstorm segment.
1: Which
4: one was that? His family reunion.
1: Oh, yeah, that was outstanding. Sandstorm. Yeah. <laughs> the sandler reunion with all the characters yes um, little Nikki was spot on so it's jubs my wife laughs at the jubs. weirdest stuff she, of all the things like she'll go a whole episode of snl like without laughing it, it, she went crazy with the uh the skit where it was like a war zone and they kept going to the correspondent out in tripoli and he had like the snapchat filters on every report he did and it was like it was so stupid and she's just sitting there laughing her ass off the whole time (laughs) (laughs) and I was just laughing at her I wasn't even laughing at the anyway uh, I saw that Joe Romano thing on SNL and I'm like
3: yes got another Joe Romano drop do you like that one Joe or or the the Simpsons one oh it's it's hard to choose man but uh, Joey Jojo man that uh, that's at the heart but this one's also also my name, <sighs> right? Has your actual name in there? Culture, history, spaghetti—these are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours, family business, baby.
1: So good, so good. Also, guess what? I don't even. I bet you Adam Johns doesn't know this. It is Joey Joe Joe's birthday.
3: Happy birthday! Thank you, sir. We play real birthday songs here. I Best one.
1: This is so much better than Happy Birthday.
0: birthday
1: it's the Beatles. Man. Let's be honest. The Happy it's Birthday song kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the real
0: thing.
1: All right, let's uh let's let's bring that
3: down before yeah. Paul McCartney sues us or something. Oh boy. Uh, well, thank birthday, you very Joe. much. Look at this, Adam doing some work for uh, for his old pal Joe. Yeah, well, I got
1: you know what I got kind of, <laughs> I got kind of sick of the kicking competition, and was like, all right, let's have some fun here.
4: Yeah, I kind of don't want to talk about it, but happy birthday, Joe! Thank for you for your episode you. for the birthday episode. We will talk about kickers.
1: Well, actually, okay, we will break down the kicking thing here. But uh, before we get out of here, I there were other players at rookie mini camp, uh, and I do want to get. You, the listeners, to get to know some of these undrafted free agents that I actually think could be factors. You know? okay. I don't know if they're all going to work out, but I do think there's a, a, maybe three of them that have a legit shot already uh, of a being part of this thing. So we'll get to know some of those guys. and uh, Okay, we might hear from a kicker too as well. Um, let's just kind of paint the picture of what happened this weekend at <laughs> Alice Hall. Because I, I, I don't know. For, certainly, in nine, this is my ninth year covering this team have never covered anything like that. No. And I, I, don't, I also don't know that I've, I've certainly been out there on days where I've been like, all right, none of this really matters. I mean, rookie minicamp, for the most part, is... Doesn't matter. Well, I don't know if it doesn't matter, but it's a lot harder to spot the things in practice that do matter. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. Uh, so maybe that made it easier to basically walk over to the whole other side of Hallis Hall and watch this kicker thing and not feel like you're missing too much over on the other fields where they were actually yeah, people practicing. People need to, to paint this picture. These fields are not close to
4: each other. No. Hallis Hall has been massively expanded. Not only the building itself, but they once had two practice fields. Now they have four. So these new fields, call them three and four, are be like behind the Walter Payton Center which used to be a drive for some
1: players from the old building. If you've ever taken the Metra North, I think it's the Milwaukee District North line, North line, or an Amtrak to Milwaukee, or you drive a freight train, or if you if you happen or, to drive a freight train, you've been by where the new fields are because they knocked down a whole bunch of trees, they put in these nice new fields, and you can actually see them from the train. Yes. Which is kind of weird. So there is literally a
4: marsh in a forest. Between these practice fields. yeah. So if you're watching the kickers, you cannot see or even really hear what's going on
1: beyond the marsh, beyond the forest. Beyond the marsh. It's a marsh. That's kind of a good name for this episode, Joe. Beyond the marsh. The Bears kicking competition. Okay. And for a guy with a bad knee right now, <laughs> oh. walking between these two fields, not very fun. By the way, I'm going to call you out for something. We were walking over to the fields, and then a a bunch of other guys came walking back because they were going to the kicking competition. You saw one person, and you could not wait to leave me in the dust. Who did I see? I don't know. It was like Jeff Dickerson or something. But you were walking with my slow ass all the way (laughs) over there. The (laughs) second you saw somebody else that you could attach to and leave me behind, you did. Hey, I mean, Joe, he was gone. This is a dog-eat-dog
3: world. Adam Hogg. Just like that.
4: Man, we got places to be.
3: Yeah, this kicking competition. Is that a power walk or what, what, what was it? A jog? Would you say we'll, it was a jog? We'll, as we'll much call it a, spr- a,
1: a sprint.
3: <laughs> I don't even remember this.
1: Didn't even realize I did it. I did jog yesterday for the first time. Yog. Since the injury two and a half weeks ago. I'm getting there. They anyway, call it jogging? Yeah, that's what I like to call it.
3: What movie is that from again? Yogging. I think it's Anchorman. Is it Anchorman? Yeah, I think Anchorman 2, actually. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. It might be one. Yeah. It's, anyway. All right.
1: What else? Go ahead. i am listen.
3: Yeah, okay. Um.
1: So, this kicking thing. By the way, they hired a kicking coach, Jamie Cole, from the Cole Kicking Camps, which probably most people don't know about, but in the kicking world... He's a big deal. He's actually a big deal. Um, and I, I had a feeling because... All these kickers that ended up at House Hall last weekend were all from his camps. I think, Other than Elliot Fry, I believe. Yes, because he's already, he's the one guy that has professional experience, albeit in the AAF. Yes,
4: yes. I, I, I think he's the exception. Even um, the new guy, Pinheiro. 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 Oh, that's good. He's from Jamie Cole's kicking world.
1: He is? Yes. Okay. Jimmy Cole's kicking world. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like an amusement park. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we go out there and they, uh, I don't know. Does this really matter anymore? What we can and cannot say? I don't even care. They, they all kick field goals, right? That's how you do this thing. You kick field goals and you see which ones go in. Well, that's what they're there for. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else am I supposed to say? So we're standing there on the sideline and honestly, it's kind of hard to tell if their balls are going in or not. Yeah, so. A few of us walked down to the goalpost, and I started giving good, good or bad signals to all the other reporters. We, we had to attack this thing in, as a group. As a team. That's how we had to do this. So you had a uh, half the reporters standing on the sideline tracking the distance, and the rest of us down at the goalpost where I was signaling either the kick was good or it was no good. I mean, they had to have been laughing at us. But I don't care, because we had to track what was going on.
4: Well, they were tracking, too. They were literally standing behind the kickers with an
1: iPad, recording every motion they had. So here's what I found interesting, because what we did learn is it, they had like this technology that's sort of like uh, StatCast um, in Major League Baseball. Where, you know they're tracking ball flight and velocity velocity yeah like I don't know if you call it exit velocity off of a kick but that's the same same sort of thing so all of that those numbers went into the final decisions that were made um I thought Elliot Fry stood out he did so he's the one that came over from the Orlando Apollos um, in the AAAF where I believe he was perfect for them I believe you are correct before they all they all folded. I think it was three beyond 50 as well. Um, now, Casey Bednarski was interesting because he was the guy I was having fun with last week. And, you know, okay, a lot of it was a bit, but because he, Bednarski, I mean, he's a perfect bear. Yeah. Long hair. Kwiatkowski. Back yeah. flips, the whole thing. Um, so Saturday, you and I were talking at House Hall, and honestly, Bednarski and Fry were probably the two best kickers on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both had strong weekends overall. And Benarsky also, I think fair to say, had the biggest leg. He had some good exit velocity. I thought he had the, (laughs) I thought he had the biggest leg. But you made an interesting observation, and again, and you're not talking about his just his leg being big. You're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, yeah, well, you didn't, didn't seem to like, you didn't seem to like his body type. If we're gonna get that crazy, he kicked an ugly ball. Just that, oh, go on. That's what the what I was getting at, though. You made the observation that his he kicks an ugly ball.
4: Yes, I kept trying to tell you and Pat Finley, who also became obsessed with with his story and backflipping. The ball is spinning horizontally, guys. <laughs>
1: That's not how you want it to be. Does it matter, though, if it goes through the uprights? I'm thinking eventually. <laughs> yes, no, I, I'm with you. I am with you. Because, and I hate to bring this back to Robbie Gold, but Robbie is not so subtly posting daily videos on Instagram of his kicking. Which is not too far from Just where Just a we few are. miles away. Yes, yes.
4: Um, and- In Crappy weather as well. He made that. Did you see that video? Yeah,
1: I did. Rain or shine, baby. Rain or shine. And I w- to your point about the ball flight, whatever, his end, like perfect and over end, end yes. over end, dead straight. That's what you're looking for. And I will admit, as much as I love Bednarsky, and let's be clear, I like the story and the idea of Bednarski okay. more than anything. Uh, if we're going to have a kicking competition that we're breaking down, let's have fun with it. And, and so I'm a little disappointed the Bears did not sign him. 'Cause that would have been fun in training camp. Anyway, uh you're you're absolutely right though. The ball was spinning weird. It almost never went directly straight. Well they practice kickoffs for a bit too, to open practice. I know some
4: of that may have been a warm up process, yeah. but there's cameras there. Well kickoffs matter. Scouts are there. People are watching it. Yep. Was it always spinning th- no, in no, this no, funky no, way? no, 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 not not every kick was like that, Joe, but as is Friday. It's Friday I focused more on the the kicking competition than than Saturday or Sunday. Mm
1: -hmm. Just a lot of ugly balls being kicked. (laughs) Yeah, John Barron, who ended up, he was signed uh, after the draft and then ended up being waived after the weekend. Um, His leg was incredibly inconsistent. Wouldn't you say? I mean, sometimes it looked like he had plenty of distance, and then he had a couple of kicks that, like, Joe, not even kidding, were like seven, eight yards short of the goalpost.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, but
4: by no means are we experts in kicking, but we've seen a lot of kicks in our day. We, we did watch Rabbit Gold for a good portion of our, of our Beat lives. lives. Beat right in history here. And yeah, th- this, uh, there was a lot of inconsistency. Some of the mechanics seemed to be off. The flight of the ball. There were a few balls lost. Let's put let's put it that way. Uh, amongst the construction and the marshes <laughs> or, around Hall's Hall.
1: Yeah, it seemed like they
3: started kicking the other direction because they kept losing footballs. What about... Uh, um, Was there a snap? Was there a hold? Or was it just on a tee? Both? Both? Yeah, they did both. They did like
1: The first round was just... uh, Do you still call it a tee? Because it's not like a kicking tee. That thing's got a name. The contraption that holds the ball like a holder would. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um,
4: Kicking contraption.
1: (laughs) Kicking contraption. There's a name for it. Anyway, the first round was just that. And then the second round they did do... Snaps and holds, and they would get redos if the operation was poor. There are a couple of guys that got would they would miss, and then they'd say, No, I'll do that one again because it was a poor snap or a poor hold or something like that, just to be fair. Um, so it we're, we're bringing all this up because it was it, it was actually inc- it, for rookie minicamp to me, it was very interesting to watch. Yes, I mean, it was entertaining, it felt like a competition. Um, and then when it was all said and done at the end of the weekend. Two men were left standing: Elliot Fry and Chris Blewett. Who, I Chris Blewett didn't really impress me that much. In fact, he struggled on Friday. Well, maybe he got better on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I'm, I. Um, so those were two guys that were already signed before the weekend. So none of the tryout guys were kept on, and then they go out and they trade for a kicker from the Bay Area. Not that kicker from the Bay Area, though. Uh, his name is Eddie Pinheiro. Pinheiro. Played at Florida. Uh, Was perfect, I think, in the preseason last year with the Raiders. There was only a few kicks, though. And then he got hurt, and he was on IR. And the Bears traded a 2021 seventh-round pick. Yes. Conditional. This reminded me of like when, when uh like two schools like Georgia and Oklahoma announce a series ten years from now. Yeah that yeah. they're gonna play in football. So
4: the Raiders only get the pick if Pinero is on their roster for five games. So essentially it's another look, the competition is continuing. This they basically got him for nothing. A kid with tons of potential. Yeah. Ticked an 81-yarder. He has tons of potential. Yeah. Like, look, people are mocking this kicking competition. Well, it is kind of ridiculous. Well, you know, this, is, this is exactly what they said they were going to do, though.
1: All right. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say two things here that are a little opposite, but okay. It's re- Let me say it. It's ridiculous they're in this situation. Let, let's put it that way. The fact that it's even come to this. It means a lot of mistakes have been made at that position, which they've all been well-documented. And and then I'm going to give them credit for two things. Because Pace and Nagy promised that this was going to be thorough and they were going to look under every single rock in the world. And that's what they're doing. Yes. I mean, this thing has been expansive and they're doing the homework and they went out and they, they hired a kicking coach. He's going to be a consultant, but he's around the whole year. I mean, so they're doing... They're doing all the things they should do. Yeah. And I also like Nagy's approach here that they're going to be open and honest about their mistakes and all the stuff that's happened. The fact he had those guys kick from 43 yards is perfect. I mean, it's great. Yeah. I mean, those are the things that you got to love about Matt Nagy and embracing this situation and, and for what it's worth. But it's still ridiculous that they're in this spot. Well, I
4: think a lot of teams have kicking issues. I think those who are mocking it weren't listening or paying attention to what Pace and Nagy have been saying for weeks upon weeks now, in every public interview that they've done, this is what they said they wanted, and they are getting it. They've already tried the veteran route. The only veteran they would entertain is Robbie Gould, and right now they're not trading for him because the 49ers are going to play hardball with their veteran kicker. Right. Well, that situation is what we said. Okay, so they've already moved on from the veteran route. They've tried their counterparts. They've tried your Cody Parkies. they tried Roberto Aguayo. Mike Nugent came in here for a cup of coffee. They've tried their veterans. They're looking for a younger guy to fit their younger team. That's
1: what they want now.
4: And uh, Carlos Santos. And Carlos
1: Santos. I'll give them credit for the work they're doing.
3: But not overly optimistic with how the thing's going so far. It's, it's funny because let's assume that they go with a young guy there's going to be a lot of unnecessary pressure on this kid because of what happened last year you know and that's why they're putting them through the gauntlet that's why they're making oh, 75
4: sure. rookies stand on the 50 well so and so has to go out whether it's chris Blue blueway whatever you want to call him Redford jones whomever has to go out there and kick a 43 yarder in front of them
1: and that, and that's why I also think it's important that nagy's talk openly honestly talk the fact that they showed they've been showing the the missed kick, the double doink, in the like. With, apparently, the rookies all came in. They're like, "Hey, this is what's going on here." It, it was beyond the rookies. They showed it to the regular team. Yeah, the veterans. I love that though. I I, I love now. Okay, here, here you were there Sunday. I was not. I was at the White Sox game Sunday. Was Necky that upset about Narsky with the backflip, or was that just sort of? 'Cause I watched I went back and I watched the video, I listened to it too. But it's different when you're there. What 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 was the It didn't seem like it was
4: one of those we not a me thing or me not a we thing. Yeah. It didn't seem to have the same angst as the Cody like that's my measuring stick. That's my gauge for Matt Nagy Fuhrer.
1: I will say, I think the WGN Morning News missed out on a big opportunity to have all the kickers who were not signed after the weekend on the morning show so, on,
4: yeah. <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> yes.
1: They, they could have done a whole Today oh, Show. Up, man, oh, man. It would have been classic. Yes.
4: So, I guess I, I could see where he could be angry because
1: you don't want your kicker doing backflips. Yeah, but he, let me – look. Okay, and he brought up the Martin Gramatica, you, you know, broke his – ACL, right? Yeah, eh, towards ACL yeah, celebrating. Yeah. I, I would, when I saw these tweets, when I was at the Sox game, I saw these tweets from you guys that Petnarski won the last second field goal thing and did a backflip to celebrate. I was surprised that Nagy was against it when you guys all tweeted that because he this is a guy that's embracing club dub and the fun. And the thing. yes, yes. And, and so that, I was surprised, but I also didn't know how serious it was. But then the guy didn't get signed. No, I, I, think, I don't think it has anything to do with that.
4: No, 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 no. I, I think you're trying to t- connect two dots when there was a, f- a lot of dots in between that, if that makes sense. They looked at a lot of things. Like, like we just talked about, he had some horizontal kicks. Yes, he made his, his three field goals in that competition. Yes, he seemed to fire up the defensive players there, but it was more than that. You know, there's a personal evaluation here, too. Don't you think they had conversations with these guys before, after, during oh, everything sure. they were doing? Yeah,
1: I mean that's all. That's it's no different than any other position. You, you culture in the locker room, who's a good guy, all that stuff. It, it all, it's all, it's all part.
4: Now, now of it. I, I I will say this: I did find it interesting that it was Redford Jones and Benarski out there kicking, and neither of them were kept in that final
1: competition. Yeah, that that was. To me, that's the only reason why I did wonder if the, the backflip had anything to do with him not being kept. Because it almost seemed like, okay, well, maybe we're going to keep one of these two guys. Now, also, on the now, on the other side of that, to have it all come down to one kick also seems kind of short-sighted. Yes. So I doubt that they were really doing that. Yes, yes. I, I almost wonder if that little kicking
4: competition was a test for Nagy. Because I think he's going to do something very similar when the veterans arrive. The whole let's put the pressure. Watch everybody, you know, let's get everybody to watch the the kicking competition. Let's have these guys kick from various spots. That will change when Pat O'Donnell is holding snaps and and Patrick Scales is snapping.
1: Well, hopefully the snaps are better, too. Yes. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah, what else we need to. Did we cover the kicking competition? I think so.
3: Joe, do you have it's any ongoing, Do you have any questions since you weren't there? Yeah, um, I I don't think I have any questions about this. I, I Adam and I were kind of talking about this pre-show just how silly it is that, you know, I, I understand they lost because of a kick, but there's no other team in the entire league that's talking about kicking this much, you know. Well, and I'll just be honest, like uh, I was I felt kind of stupid standing
1: there watching all these kicks and like missing practice on the other field. Well, that's why I left Saturday and Sunday. But I also felt like this is a story, and this is what we're going to talk about on the podcast. This is what needs to be written about, so i got to do my job at the same time. But the whole thing seemed seemed so ridiculous. I don't know.
4: Well, it looks like they're going to have three for OTAs and minicamp. I think it's going to be two for training camp. You think they'll narrow it down? I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, I think you're looking at an Elliott Fry versus a...
1: Pinero. I mean, at some point, you can't spend that much time and energy on. Like, like, just think about the way a regular practice works once we get to training camp, or even probably in OTAs when the ret- veterans are there. Like, you have special teams, um, period. And your special teams coordinator has to be there to coach up all the other players on the team, the linebackers, the tight ends, the safeties, and everyone who are playing special teams. He can't be on a different field with the kickers the
4: whole now, time. Now, I will say this. I will say this. How many times have we watched camp where those specialists are literally doing nothing?
1: I, I, I'm with, well, that's why I think hiring Jamie Cole yes, makes sense. Yes, because exactly. you can always have him working you over there. you got four fields down in Bourbonnais.
4: Yes, they go out there for a little bit, but now you can actually send a kicking coach out there. You hired another special teams assistant. You have resources you have poured into this financially and time-wise, and you got the fields to use not only at Hallis Hall, but in Bourbonnet. Mm-hmm. Do what you promise to do
1: and find the right answer. I think they're working on it. It's just better work because <laughs> I just – you're talking like week one, week two – Yes.
4: Anytime. Well, first here's of the season the, you're, you're having missed well, kicks. He, Here's the other reason why you, you go the young route. They're expendable, right? You're not locked into somebody's million-dollar, multi-million-dollar contract that makes that discourages workouts, that discourages a true competition.
1: Cody Parkey's contract did that. They're still paying for it. Yep. Yeah.
3: So take that and think about that for a little bit.
1: All right, uh, there were other players there. No, I watched them. I did. I had enough of the kicking competition. So at what point did you know Tommy Doles, my guy Tommy Doles, was going to get signed?
4: Probably when Alex Bars was not practicing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's still coming off the ACL, right? Yes, 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 yes. And I'm allowed
4: to talk about this because he was asked, Matt Nagy was asked about Bars on the first day by Chris Emma.
1: Well, we're also allowed to... Observe, report, Give participation. You're allowed. You're always allowed to report. Okay. Who's practicing? Who's okay. not? So. I forget. Everything's so convoluted. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I every day it's different. The moving goalposts. It's not just for the kickers. It's for the reporters too. Um. Yeah. So Tommy Dole's gets signed. He played at Northwestern. Uh, great kid. Dad's a, a sports director and TV reporter in I think Grand Rapids, Michigan. Really? Yeah. Um, so Tommy's a great quote. Fortunately, we didn't get to talk to him over the weekend because he was a tryout player. Uh, but maybe at OTAs, uh, I do want to get you guys to get to know some of these other. So last week, you know, we broke down the draft, talked about the draft picks. We talked a little bit about some of the undrafted free agents, but now we got a chance to actually talk to these guys. Yeah. Um, oh, I did have Elliot Fry. You know what? Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, play it? I'm done okay. with the kicker. Okay, I was gonna play Elliot Fry for you guys, but we moved. On we'll move by. We've, we've had enough kicker conversation. Uh, there are three guys that I do want to talk about. Um, let's start. Should we start with Dax Raymond or Emmanuel Hall? To Dax Raymond. Okay, so Dax Raymond, the Bears. Two, two of these. i not. I don't want to say Emmanuel Hall is not interesting. He is. Uh, but two of these guys are fascinating in that. Dax Raymond is an older prospect because he served a Mormon mission in Russia uh, where you just, like, give up football. For, I mean, there's no... Two years. He, you're going to hear... I'm going to play some of this for you. It's really interesting here hearing him talk about this. And then another guy is a French-Canadian. So I found these two guys interesting. We're going to hear from both of them. But here's, uh, here's Dax Raymond... Uh, we had a chance to talk to him the other day, and uh, this starts with why he chose the Chicago Bears as an undrafted free agent.
0: Um, well, first, I love this program. Um, growing up, I've been a big fan of the Chicago Bears. Um, and second, I they didn't have a huge group of tight ends here, so I thought it was a good fit for me to come here and try and make the team. How much connections or how much... Conversations did you have with them maybe before? Um, I I interviewed with them at the combine, so I did know they had some interest in me before the draft process. Matt's playbook here how do you think you fit in and does it fit your skill set? Absolutely I've seen uh, there's some plays that we actually ran that were very similar to what I ran at Utah State Um, so yeah I I enjoy this offense I'm still learning it I don't know much about it but what I do know it's it's been a blast.
3: How would you characterize the usage of the tight end in the offense from what you do know? Well
0: they they're just as important as a receiver and just as important as an offensive lineman where they got to be able to catch balls and they got to be able to block.
3: Mm-hmm. Matt talks about how t- playing tight ends is a really hard position for a rookie because you have to know all the blocking stuff and all the receiving stuff. Is there anything in your past that leads you to think you can pick this up quick?
0: Um, yeah, I, I served a mission in Russia, so I learned the Russian language, <laughs> and I believe that gave me confidence that if I can learn the Russian language, I can pick up a playbook. How long did that take? To learn the language. Ooh, uh, I lived there, so that helped me a lot, but I'd probably say six months. Okay. Assuming this playbook is in the English alphabet? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, it helps. It helps that it's in English, for sure.
5: <laughs> so when you made the decision to, to take the time for your mission, uh, what was the, the, the process? Was there any debate? Were you concerned that it could impact eventually your football career?
0: Um, I knew it would impact my football career, but... I had made the decision that I was going to serve a mission when I was young, so it didn't really—I didn't have a hard time making that decision because I'd made it when I was so young.
3: And what, when you were on your mission, any working out, any training, or were you just away from football <laughs> for a couple of years?
0: Yeah, you really don't have any time to uh, think about football because you're just—you're committed to your service there. Uh, you get 30 minutes a morning to work out, so that's about it.
5: And how difficult was it to reacclimate to the game once you came back? Um. Honestly,
0: not bad at all. I mean, I missed the game, and I mean, I was dying to get back out here. So I I was, you know, ecstatic to get back on the field. Did you follow football from Russia? I did not follow any football. I remember, so you, when you're on a mission, your family can only email you once a week. And I remember getting an email, I think it was from my mom, saying, oh, by the way, the, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. And I was, I didn't even know the Super Bowl was that week. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so you
1: pretty much cut off from the... For the yeah. world when
0: you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. you commit everything. You put everything that you know home aside and go and commit your service to the Lord. So how much did did age come up throughout the draft process then? Um, yeah, I, people ask me about that just because, yeah, I'm two years older, which makes sense. You know, you want younger guys, but I think it can also be a positive with maturity. Um, you know, I'm serving a two-year mission. I feel like I'm more mature than the average person graduating from college that's
3: right you can You're call right. home on mother's day and what else right?
0: yeah you could a skype on mother's day and christmas for an hour that's it wow. we're in russia I was so my mission was called the Russia Vladivostok mission, which is the far east. Yeah. So it tra- it's you know by Japan, China, and gets up into Siberia. Wow, so Siberia, Siberia. Yeah. Did so you spent some time there? Yeah, I got to go up there. Um, there's some cities in there that you that people serve in. I was lucky; I didn't serve in there too much, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> so yeah. if it's cold here. It's nothing. Yeah, no, this is nothing. <laughs>
5: Dax, a number of the independent analysts have been more complimentary about your receiving than your blocking. Are you concerned at all about adjusting to blocking in the NFL? Where do you feel you're at as a blocker?
0: Um, you know, I think with some coaching, I think I can get there because I know I'm willing and I I have the body and I'm physical. It's just some te- technical problems or things that I just haven't learned that I can. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Thanks,
3: everybody. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Thank you. I appreciate
1: it. So there he is, Dax Raymond. Who uh, went to Siberia? Siberia,
4: Siberia, Siberia. Not quite New York, New York, but Siberia,
1: Siberia. Uh, I, that's interesting stuff, though, because you know you hear about these football players in college that uh, you know, especially from from BYU, Utah State, where he went. Um, that go on these Mormon missions, and di- I didn't really know too much about like what you're allowed to do while you're there. And I mean, he basically had to give up football for two years. Come back and now; he's two years older. Um which may have contributed to why he went undrafted. But this is a guy that kind of fits in the Trey Burton position on this team. And I know it's rookie minicamp. The guy made some great catches over the weekend.
4: Oh, on, on Sunday, he was probably one of the best players on the field. Even Matt Nagy, not only was he asked about it, but Matt Nagy went as far to say he was impressed with them the, the entire weekend.
1: Oh, Big plays big. Friday he made... Long arms. He ran right up the seam... And made an incredible over-the-shoulder grab on a ball that I mean, let's let's be honest, his quarterbacks that over the weekend weren't that great. Yeah,
0: I
4: actually liked how hard they were throwing the ball. They're willing to take chances, but go yeah, on, yeah. But
1: he made this great catch, like sort of like a center fielder just going straight, you know, straight towards the wall over the shoulder. It was great, it was great. So I, I he's going to be fascinating to watch. He's someone I think Bears fans should know, and that's why I want to play that audio there um, because I, I I think he's going to be somebody that. Um, you know, it'd be interesting because I don't know if he's going to be an early candidate for the Daniel Braverman um, Tanner Gentry Award from training camp. Uh, I, I I have a suspicion, though, he's going to be more than that, though, that he's got a chance to stick around and actually make this team.
4: Well, look, just look at the depth chart. It's Trey Burton, Adam Shaheen, and Ben Broniker. Usually you keep four. The Bears kept four last year with Daniel Brown. Now, are they always active? No, but obviously there's there's a need there. Obviously, you're still waiting for Adam Shaheen to to come into something. But, look, Trey Burton was an undrafted guy himself not too long ago who has emerged as the Bears' number one tight end in kind of a diverse role. So, obviously, Dax Raymond, with some of his attributes, could maybe be the, the primary backup. Because Broniker's not. You know, Broniker yeah. usually backs up Shaheen. So, you have that need for for
1: the U tight end. Well, I think we saw when Burton was out. You know, they need somebody else to step in. So that's why I, I, I think the you're right with the depth chart and the need there. I think, I think Dax Raymond's somebody that you should, you know, you should get to know. Yeah, yeah. and don't
4: worry about his age. Leonard Floyd was an old draft pick, an old first top ten draft pick. He was what twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. When he was drafted, you know, even so, Kyle Kibisky Long was twenty three. Yes, yes, Older. Yes, because he yeah. played baseball for a year. So you have these things happen. Who's the tight end? The The Eagles drafted this year. Last year. Yes. Oh, last year. Last year. He was an older guy too. Um, and he was a first or second round pick. So look, it it happens. Um, everyone's got their own paths. It's not like he's an old 27 quarterback drafted by the Browns or anything like that. This guy.
1: Oh, you're thinking of the guy at uh, South Dakota state. Yeah. Yes. He was good. What the guy now blanking on his name. I know exactly what you're talking about. I loved him coming out. He's the he was a first round pick, was he and, not? And he had a great he had a great year.
4: Yeah, played baseball.
1: Yeah. yeah. Can't think of his name. But yeah.
4: There we go. All don't
1: right. worry about his age. Um all right. Then there's Matthew Betts. Uh, French Canadian from Laval University. Now he's I don't know too. I I don't know that I'm as confident that he's gonna stick. Uh, I do think the Bears need some depth at that position at outside linebacker. And I was advocating that, you know, that's a spot they might want to look in the draft, um, which they ended up just going the undrafted free agent route there, just the way the draft board played out. So he's got a chance. Dallas Goddard. Sorry. Yeah, Dallas Goddard. There you go. Thank you.
4: Um, 49th overall.
1: Go on. But another interesting story here. Now he's going to be transitioning from defensive line Canadian football rules are a little different to uh listed as an outside linebacker, gonna be it sounds like he's gonna be playing outside linebacker as an edge rusher. That's correct. Um, but he can rush the passer. So, um, you're gonna hear the accent here. He's from Montreal. He's a French Canadian. In fact, I oui. I gave a shout out to um there was actually a Canadian reporter. The entire weekend. Yes. Uh Richard Boutine? I hope I'm saying that right. Boutine like poutine? uh, Yeah, I don't know. Boutine. Boutine. B B o u t i n. Hey, you can follow him on Twitter. A boutine like poutine. Sorry. Go ahead. At r boutine. B o u t i n j d q. Oh, it's definitely like poutine. He works for a um, a daily newspaper in Quebec City. I talked to him a little bit because he was sitting next to me. In the in the media room now, half his nice tweets. No, I talked to him too. Half of his tweets are in French, uh, so you got that. But um, and and by the way, Matthew Betts was drafted third overall in the CFL. CFL draft on Thursday, which they were actually having meetings at House Hall once the rookies all got there. When he got drafted, third overall, so. He, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos will hold his draft rights in the Canadian Football League. He's obviously going to try to make the NFL, but if it doesn't work out with the Bears and he doesn't sign anywhere else, he can go back uh, to Canada and play for the Edmonton Eskimos next year. Anyway, here he is, Matthew Betts. Uh, enjoy the, the accent. I love it.
5: I don't, I don't think there's nothing about the rules. I think it's just more of the the system uh, that's different from college, and that's pretty much for from any college. A lot of pre- people in college play the spread game. Uh, there's obviously more people in the box here, so uh, the playbook, uh, the system that the different team plays, but with, for the rules and all that stuff, I don't think it'll be a big issue.
2: Do you think being a little closer to the ball will help you out? In your that's
5: for sure. That's for sure that they are to, I wouldn't say as an issue, but it's easier to be uh, to be on the line of scrimmage instead of a yard. That's where That's a plus. Were you used to just teams doing everything they could to kind of stop you with tight ends and pullbacks and uh, that, I got that a lot back in college, so hopefully it won't be uh, won't be as much up here. So it might, might maybe free me out a bit.
3: You, said you started playing football at seven, that right? There, that's right? correct. What uh, what got you started? I mean, was there someone you watched?
5: Well, my my father brought me to high school. Uh, state championship I guess so uh, it got me going on that part and just ended up playing uh play youth football uh back from my city in La Salle with the Warriors so uh, obviously liked it a lot uh, played ever since played a bunch of sports growing up but uh, that really uh, stuck as my, my main sport so obviously that was for sure how long did you play, did you play competitive hockey like- I stopped in like grade 12 so okay. yeah you with for a position? while so- I played a bit of both. I, towards the end, I wasn't playing s- too seriously, so I was more of a bruiser playing forward. But if I would have kept it seriously, I would have been a defenseman, that's for sure. Never goalie, though, right? No, never had. I don't think I would have been good either. You, you weren't a goon, were you? I, wasn't, I was a goal scorer, I'm telling you. <laughs> a big goal scorer, yeah.
3: I walked up a minute or two late, I apologize. What was yesterday like for you? I understand the CFL draft was yesterday, correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct. Um, actually, I, I, my phone was off. Uh, got got when, I, when we finished meetings, just got back in the bus. I think I got drafted like 30 minutes before. I uh, had the had the chance to call to, to talk to the head coach, at GM, uh, up uh, in Edmonton. So uh, at least I had a little chat with them. Um, my main goal for me is to stay with the Bears. I want to contribute as best ways I can with the Bears, and uh, they're totally aware of the situation. So um, and they're and they're okay with it. So I uh, hope maybe one day. Uh uh, I'll, I'll be able to play with this organization. I would love it, but for now, my my feet are in here, and
1: that's what I want to be. So you were actually busy in meetings here when you got drafted. Yeah, up there?
5: I, I I knew kind of the the draft was actually uh, had started. I didn't know if I I would be drafted later because I had a a camp invite for the NFL, so I wasn't quite sure when when I I would get off. So yeah.
3: And they keep your rights. for, yeah. for a set amount of years. Or for
5: Honestly, I'm not even aware of. That situation, but I think if I have to report, they, they will own my rights. So, yeah. What are your strengths? I would say uh, effort, motor. On um, the third and long, obviously. Uh, I think I'm good at pass rushing. I want to show that I can do a bunch of things here to, to get the playbooks right in. Um, and I just want to be positive about it. So, uh, obviously, we're a team now. Uh, we're competing for a, a roster spot. But, obviously, uh, I want to help out everybody, everybody the best way that I can to, to, to show that I'm here for the good reasons and to help the Bears winning.
1: They have you as a 3-4 outside linebacker here. How big of an adjustment
5: is that for you? Um, it's not that bad. I would say I do similar things that I did at Laval. I drop more in coverage so that would be the biggest difference. Um, the terminology is a bit different from what you were used to. The playbooks or the offensive system is a bit different but other than that I think it stays football. So obviously you don't have to see it too much. It's some really good football it's the NFL but you just gotta play football so it's not that big of a deal to in me. In terms of popularity and success and whatnot, not knowing a thing about Lavelle. how how if you were to pick a college program here uh, what Level would that be on? You know, in terms of um, notoriety and so forth. I think I saw somebody said it's the Alabama of. Uh, yeah, is uh, that accurate? Sure? Well, I, I'd like to think so. I mean, we, we just won a bunch of championships the last couple of years. I, won, I had the privilege to win two. I went to three national championships in my four years there. So obviously, we every every year we're competing for championships. And I, I'm pretty sure that the team this year will be successful. Uh, the coaches in place uh, do a great job. It's a second and on organization, and that's. The reason why I, I wanted to be part of it, and I think that's one of the reasons that got me here.
1: It's you got to say organization in uh, not just French Canadian, like in hot. You know this. You covered hockey, yes. I mean, Joe Quinville organization. Yes, it was. Yeah. To go back to our um, Disney organization. To go back to our Disney
4: references. He's the candlestick guy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. From Beauty and the Beast. Now, now I oh, no, I couldn't. Here's this is probably bad but i couldn't because i'm not i'm definitely not making i love the accent i couldn't get have you seen super troopers too no i have not okay hilarious if you like here's what i'll say about super troopers too if you like the first one you'll like the second one i mean oh, it, i should it's, love it yes it's like like most movies it's not as good as the first one but if you like the humor you like the general you know you're gonna enjoy it you're not gonna come away being like oh it's a total waste of time um but it the whole premise is that they're uh, battling over like a Cana- an area in Vermont that's now that was in Canada that 's now going to become part of America, so they 're dealing with all these French Canadians the whole time, and I could not get those accents from the movie, which are embellished and supposed to be funny uh, out of my head as Matthew Betts was talking.
4: Jerk. Why is Luke Robitaille and Fran in the same sentence?
1: Because it's one of the bits in the movie. Like, you know how they're always pulling people over and messing with them? Yes. Like, that's what they're doing.
4: Luke Robitaille.
1: Let's hear that one more time if we can. It's so funny.
4: Uh, there. Was, there was a fart in there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there was a great Poupon in there. That's why some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff is better, because I I don't understand how he could get through that entire, like, 10-second blurb or whatever without just, like, losing it. I mean, he just runs right through all those. And maybe he said it 100 times, and that's, you know, that's part of acting.
1: And and it's probably improv, like, as they're filming that. It's probably just saying a bunch of random stuff off the top of his head.
4: Yes, yes. I once ran into a very drunk Luke Robitaille after the Kings won... Stanley Cup back in, oh gosh, 2012 or something like that. Covered How was his Sun accent? Times. Oh, at that point, he, he was all over the place, like that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, uh, so those are two fascinating undrafted free agents.
4: Yes. yes. I, I talk about storylines. Those will be good ones. Well, it's a neat position, again. Now, Chuck Harris, the kid from Buffalo, is another kid to watch it outside linebacker. But, again, beyond what who's the top backup Aaron Lynch again so beyond Leonard Floyd Cleo Mack and Aaron Lynch you have Kylie Fitz and Isaiah Irving so you have a need there that you're going to try to address with some undrafted guys yeah just fine it happens trying to find a diamond in the rough
1: absolutely and then there's another guy here that I want to play for you that um we talked about last week uh when we had Dane Bruegler on, because Dane had some, you know, some insight from talking to people at Mizzou about, um, you know, his availability, um, that and that's Emmanuel Hall. Why did Emmanuel Hall fall out of the draft when he's got blazing speed? Um, he dealt with an injury last year, missed some time, and yeah, I guess apparently that was one of the knocks on him. Here's what I'll say about Emmanuel Hall. Uh, both in watching some of his interviews last weekend after he went undrafted and then getting a chance to talk to him over the weekend. I like his attitude. Like I like how he's attacking this whole thing, and he's obviously got a chip on his shoulder, and if he attacks practice that way, then he's going to have a chance, albeit this is a much different situation to wide receiver because the wide receiver room's stacked. Loaded. So, And that's one of the things I wanted to ask him about too is why he picked the Bears when... You know, you look at the depth chart, and it's a tough situation. So here he is, Emmanuel Hall uh, and Hells Hall over the weekend, a rookie minicamp. Uh, how do you go about proving
4: to not only the people here, but to the rest of the league that in May you can be healthy in October
3: and November?
2: Uh, do it. <laughs> That's the only way. At the end of the day, you know, I got to be healthy at this level. You know, you're not worth anything if you're not on the field. At the end of the day, you got to help the team. So. I know I can say healthy, you know, last year was a fluke. I've never missed games for an injury before, um, and that, you know, might have cost me, um, you know, my, my draft stock, but at the end of the day, you know, that's not really my worry. It's like I'm, I'm out here, it's it's a fresh start, and uh, I'm healthy, and I'm ready to go.
3: Any um, type of introspection that goes on after not getting drafted in terms of things you want to look at your own self with the way you go about your business, the way you carry yourself, the way, anything, you know, that as you kind of take inventory of how to move forward?
2: Um, really not. It just like, you know, taught me, you know, you just always got to remain positive because no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you try to show that you're something, some people just aren't, aren't going to necessarily take that in. So at the end of the day, I'm always positive. And like I said, I have the confidence. I know what I can do. And then the day, whether I'm undrafted free agent or whether I'm drafted the second round, I'm still bringing the same mentality. Um, and so when the lights are on, you know, on Sunday, you know, I'm trying to show out and you best believe i'm trying to show all this so I, I'm, I'm excited for the whole thing apologies if you uh answer this earlier but why the bears uh, Coach Mike Furry. Coach Mike Furry. I mean, the, the, the whole coaching staff. Really, the culture here is it's a winning culture. I mean, I'm I'm just excited to work with this team. You know, they had a really good season last year, so I'm excited to join the uh, process and and move on with them. How'd you get to know Coach Furry? just through the draft process? Yeah, through through the draft process. Uh, it was actually my last thirty visit, and uh, or actually my second to last. And you know, we just connected real well. Um, you know, I think he believes in me, and uh, I'm I'm just trying to prove them right. So what is it about him that it seems like guys? This is
1: tend to like him right away what is it about his personality or coaching style or whatever that attracted you
2: he's a super genuine coach i mean at the end of the day you know there's some coaches that you can kind of tell aren't really into you and there's some coaches that you know want the best for you i think you know all the coaches want the best for me here it's a family it's a family culture and that's why this is a winning program so um like i said i I joined it because it's it's a winning culture you know who wouldn't want to live in chicago it's an awesome city um and then you know just just you know moving on so
1: when you're weighing destinations is an undrafted free agent and you probably didn't think going in the weekend you're going to be in that situation yeah. but when you're weighing those situations i mean how much are you looking at the depth chart too because it's a pretty good wide receiver room here
2: uh you know i was kind of looking at the depth chart but you know at the end of the day like i said i'm confident in my abilities um and i know that coach furry can take me to a whole new level so i am just ready to you know get get to work you know who's on the depth chart who's not on the depth chart it really isn't a, a matter of mine i mean at the end of the day my work's on proof for itself uh, my results are going to prove for itself and that's that's what i plan to do so
1: how fast did that situation play out last Saturday?
2: It felt like the longest three days of my life. I mean, truly, because I had a draft party on a second day and third day, and y'all you know, just shaking everybody's hand. Thanks for coming. No one wants to do that. Um, so I think you know it's a motivational thing for for anybody that goes through that. Um, but you know, I, it just is what it is. I mean, it's it's my situation. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I know what I can do, and so. I'm ready to prove it. When you it. turn the page
1: though from all right, looks like I'm gonna be an undrafted free agent. I mean, how quickly did you decide on the Bears?
2: Oh, uh, just like almost immediately. I mean, there there was, you know, twenty plus offers, but the Bears stood out to me, Coach Mike Furry stood out to me. Um, you know, this this is a great program, so
0: twenty
4: plus offers.
2: Yeah.
1: But thirty two teams passed on him in the draft. Still though. And, and he chose the Bears. Despite the fact that they drafted a wide receiver, they already have a pretty good group. Uh, I, I find that very interesting, and uh, obviously, Mike Furry made a huge impression on him.
3: Yeah, that makes me wonder. Um, you know, the trajectory that Furry is on—is he headed towards being an offensive coordinator, and you know, onward and upward from there too?
1: I, I mean, it certainly helps when you have players that that love you. You know, um, and and. I got the impression last year that that he was well liked by those wide receivers. Now that there's that doesn't mean you can necessarily go on and be an offensive coordinator. You got to show the ability to, you know. And your team has a little bit more excess Success. Sure. Sure. Success. Did I say sex? Success. And more sex too. I mean, that, that never hurts. <laughs> um, we'll see where Mike Furry's headed, but I do think that it's it's a to, to hear a guy like that, um and and a lot of times when when these guys we go through this every year, especially rookie minicamp. Why'd you pick the Bears? Ah, oh, just you know, love everything about team. You know they're 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 gonna say all the right or like David Montgomery the other day. Uh, I think he, he was maybe getting a little tired tired of Mark pa- Potash's questioning. Uh, Welcome to Chicago, David Montgomery. Uh, and, and he, what was what was Potsy asking him? Uh, but it was, it, essentially, are you happy? You last would would you have rather round, yeah. been a first or second round pick somewhere else or been a third round pick and come to the Bears? And he was like, be a third round pick and come to the Bears. Sorry, I'm not sure I believe that. I I think you'd rather be a first round pick. It's also a tough uh,
4: question for a rookie who's meeting the media for the first time after his second practice. Carver with the team?
1: Yes, and, uh, and I'm not criticizing the answer by any means. Um, but... Let's be honest. There's a huge difference in money from being a first oh, round pick yes. to being a third. Job round security.
4: Pick. First and second round picks get they seem to get a lot of chances. Yeah, but teams not third round picks do too. But well,
1: especially when the there same. are no first or second round picks. Yes, well, Montgomery. He's like the first round pick. Mon- Montgomery's got the first round pick treatment at rookie minicamp. Yes, he's okay. got the pressure. Yes, if if there had been two other guys drafted ahead of him, he would not have gotten that same attention both from the media and the Bears over the weekend on social media and the whole deal. Um, I, well, the point I was getting at, though, is these guys are kind of trained to say all that stuff when they show up to the facility. Yeah, I wanted to be a bear the whole time, no matter what. I got the sense talking to Emmanuel Hall, though, as he voluntarily brought up Mike Furry and that connection, uh, that that was genuine. And, and, and I think it's also backed up by the fact that he could have gone other places where maybe it'd be easier to make the 53-man roster than it will be here. Yes. Look, undrafted free agency... In terms of things that get mocked
4: by outsiders, it is because they're undrafted guys. They get passed up for various reasons. But a lot of teams build their rosters this way. The Patriots, the, the, so many of them do it. The Ravens. It's a great way to keep your team young, to keep your salary cap situation healthy. And you find players. If your scouting is on and your recruitment of these players is on, that's what those top 30 picks, top yeah. 30 visits are for. Chuck Harris, the guy from Buffalo, had one too. Those connections are made. They want to join your team. That's a great name, by the way, Chuck Harris. Chuck Harris. Yeah. Yes. So look. Deep position for him. He's up against it. Maybe Javon Williams is on the hot seat if he if he becomes something, but
1: we'll see. All right. Well that's uh that's a recap of Rookie mini Rookie Minicam. I think we did okay. Yeah. What else?
2: Go ahead, I'm listening.
1: That's about it, buddy. That's it, Matt. That is that is gonna wrap it up. Yep. Let's do some backflips and get out of here. Or not. We got a week uh in between before we have access to OTAs. Then we'll have some more stuff from there. Then I'll be veteran minicamp. And then before you know it, we'll be talking about Bourbon Yep. And this then is it comes the break before camp. This is where everything speeds up. I mean it slows down because there's less happening, but all of a sudden. Oh, camp's coming. All of a sudden it's Bourbonade. Yes, camp will be here before you know it. And it happens really, really fast. So, uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed the kicker talk. We're doing our best, guys. People love it, though. Follow us on Twitter at AdamHogue, H-O-G-E, at AdamJohns, J-A-H-N-S, and read us, WGNRadio.com, slash Bears. The Athletic, subscribe. Can't do Welcome Adam anymore, though. It's uh, Hang With Adam. I don't know. Hang With Adam. Yes. Come read Adam. Come read Adam. There you go. All right. Uh, Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. You can find it anywhere. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, podcasts everywhere. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate you giving us love. We'll talk to you next week.
3: history spaghetti these are the things of a boot country called Italia hello I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours for two generations my family has provided high quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world but mostly Long Island and Jersey